creativity to me is all about pushing uh, boundaries and looking beyond the obvious uh, now expressions of creativity can be many right say writing poetry dance drama painting uh, just to name a few amongst the many but to be able to peek uh, beyond the obvious confines of thought and to be able to create beauty uh, in a place which is beyond the obvious uh, is what it really is all about i think um, also uh, to me creativity knows no boundaries between art forms uh, all art forms are one and they all open into one another uh, for example uh, you know sometimes i think of a very good character while listening to music or i suddenly think of a poem uh, while while you know painting something so i think uh, creativity knows no differentiation and it is not just a form of expression it's not just a form of new found freedom but it is a form of that godly element that each human being has and uh, must explore so i think yeah that is what creativity to me is writing to me uh, and storytelling has always been dear uh, especially because it helps me understand myself better apart from giving me the creative satisfaction it holds a mirror to my inner self and helps me unravel my thoughts uh, that unraveling which uh, lays out layers and layers of memories observations narratives uh, you know uh, that i might have knowingly or unknowingly made uh, helps me take the final creative leap so i think that is where storytelling and writing is very dear to me Hey everyone, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. I'm your host Sangeeta, aka the Moody Marshmallow. You just heard our guest for today, Shivangi Patankar. Shivangi is a writer having worked in content writing and animation scripting in the edutech space. She is currently working on a picture book for children. Before all this, she has been a Spanish instructor, worked in retail and has been a student of zoology. Tune in to hear about her journey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Closet Writer Chronicles. This week I have with me Shivangi Patankar. Welcome to the show Shivangi. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, just to sort of start off, the first thing I want to ask you is what is your earliest memory of being creative and when did you realize you enjoyed writing? so um actually my earliest memory of being creative uh, is when i used to learn dancing i started bharatnatyam at a early age and uh, that led to my creative streak being uh, you know ignited uh, slowly over the years i as i was in grade 4 and 5 i got into reading and i realized that there were so many perspectives to things happening around me and i wanted to you know jot down my own little notes and uh, things in my diary um, that 
you know i started writing and i didn't even realize that i had started uh, the the process of you know writing and penning down my thoughts um so yeah that's when it all started so that's really cool so then did you start like um so you started writing in school then would you say it was more like journaling or you know poetry like what was it for you yeah it was more it was more like journaling it was more like a lot of thoughts in my mind and i needed to clear them out at some point uh later in uh school when i was in grade 7 or so um my school had a very good uh, process they used to t- take us for uh, treks to himalayan ranges every summer and when i started traveling yeah when i started traveling with my school to places like kullu manali leh ladakh uh to countries like malaysia sri lanka all at a young age between i think 7 to 10 standard um it gave me a wider perspective it gave me a big canvas and uh, that's when i started writing travel diary um more of journaling more of uh, point making more of perspective uh, shifting in the sense you know when uh, i used to sit down and write in my room uh, there was a certain way i was thinking Uh, but i realized that i when when we climbed the mountains and when we reached at the top and we looked down uh, things seemed so uh, trivial you know the quarrels the small things that we have in our daily life my perspective shifted and that's when i wrote my first story sitting on top of a hill and uh, talking about the same things but from a very different perspective uh, so i think yeah it was more of journaling and travel writing and things like that but that's so cool you know that you kind of like in a way travel or like nature in a way inspired you to write your first story and i you know more than nature uh, it was also the people i met uh, during those travels uh, people from himachal uh, people in the trains uh, you know till at that young age it's all about your family maximum extended family and friends and teachers uh, but when you meet people of totally different uh, you know strata totally different region and you look at the difficulties they live in and everything i mean it just adds to your um, you know enrichment of uh, words ideas uh, so i think yeah nature and people because people is something that i've been always curious about like you know i you'll find me staring at people on the road just thinking about what that person is thinking or why is he thinking that and then writing something about it so yeah you know i completely relate because i do this too like anywhere like say at whenever i'm out and i'm sitting even at a bookstore or like a restaurant or anywhere i'm like just looking at people and i'm making up stories in my head about what this person is doing and what their life is like so completely uh, relate to that um i think there's a term for it called sonder which is basically like the realization that other people also have like their own lives and their own sort of independent stories and all of us are just background characters to theirs mm, yeah all the worlds play <laughs> yeah True. for sure that for sure so you know um kind of moving more into like your professional uh, journey what i find really interesting about your sort of career trajectory is that you studied zoology then did an mba in marketing worked in project management became a spanish instructor and now work as a content writer and you're also writing like for children uh, like you've just started so how did these shifts happen for you like how did you go from like 
point A to point B to point C and you know what has your journey been like you know till now in this aspect yeah so uh, first of all it was organic it was not planned that way uh, but it turned out really well because uh, when i when i started learning zoology my primary thing was i wanted to go for medicine but then i wanted something closer to medicine once i didn't get in and zoology seemed like a very attractive uh, Uh, subject at that point and that's when i got into zoology while studying zoology i realized that um, i loved it i loved it but it was not something that i could you know pursue a msc and phd in and would want to do a research in so i thought of uh, doing a management degree later so that i could combine my zoology knowledge and you know work in some institute like wildlife institute of india or something similar and you know have a management and zoology background put together at the end of my management degree my horizons had widened and okay. uh, my zoology interest is still alive today definitely i have i still have friends from that background who are you know way deep into the subject now uh, but i realized that i wanted to get into retail uh so i started applying into you know firms that were more into retailing different stuff and uh, that's when i got into my first job in my first job i was into category management so uh, category management is that you know you buy stuff from uh, the major vendors like you know you have your png hul and then you mm. stock it for the stores so that seemed a little dry at the beginning to me but then when i got into it i realized that it you know combined pricing promotions uh, working with the agencies for you know ads and things like that uh, and growing up uh, i always had this image of uh, me going to office and doing uh, business stuff because i saw my you see your parents do that right i saw my yeah. dad uh, do that and um, he he used to like he works with uh, a textile company and uh, as growing up in 10th standard 11th standard you know he used to get books of project management and you know lean six sigma kaizen all of those and i read all of them at that age because wow i was in love with books at that time and you know books like um, uh, who moved my cheese and uh, things like that all management related stuff so i wanted to apply all of that after having an mba and uh, i got a real good exposure with uh, the job i did um post that i moved to the us um and when i was in the us um i realized that now that i have a masters degree and uh, i wanted to learn some something absolutely new uh, that's one thing with me that i never want to stop learning uh, it can be any direction because knowledge is knowledge uh, is how i look at it uh, you, you should never stop and you should never limit yourself to oh i don't have a degree in this so this is not something relevant to me you know that's how i look at it so uh, i had a university of california just next to my house and uh, i wanted to explore the country i wanted to explore studying there and i wanted to learn a new language badly uh, because with my science and my commerce degree um, language and my love for writing and books and all that was you know behind so um, yeah so that's when i enrolled for spanish uh, also uh, when i was in my graduation uh, bachelor's uh, i had got picked up by times of india 
uh, in a college editorial board. So they had this competition and where they, you know, picked eight of us and we had a photo shoot and they took us to TOI office and taught us how printing was done. We wrote articles for them. So that had given me a validation of, you know, I could do something that others could like, you know, my writing had a standard. That's the validation I got. Um, and I wanted to use all of that and learn a new language. So with that enthu, I got into Spanish. Um, once I got into Spanish, I loved that too, because uh, I had a class with all nationalities and uh, it was an extension evening class. So evening six to nine and people would go to work and come back. And I was not working. I had just moved. Uh, they absorbed me really well. And uh, time just passed by two years, eight semesters. Uh, and I also took their specializations. And as a part of that, I got exposed to their culture in terms of films, literature, food, all of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I had we had like uh, beginner to advanced levels. And then we had three papers that we could pick, you know, pick and choose. So I had one on literary cafe, one on uh, Andean and Central American culture. And uh, one was on... Um, uh, yeah, so that one was on films, right? So, yeah, so it was a real interesting uh, experience. And post that, there was no there was no thought of, you know, teaching or doing anything with it. I was enjoying reading Spanish books, <laughs> poems, movies. Uh, and then when I had my daughter and then when we moved back to India uh, during the corona season, um, I happened to intern with a institute that used to teach Spanish and I wrote uh, articles for them in Spanish uh, as a content okay. writer uh, yeah and uh, they offered if I would like to teach uh, so I said why not let me try because it was an online era because of corona and uh, it was a freelance thing and I started teaching and that really took on like it's still going on and I know I primarily kid, uh, teach kids uh, now between age of I think four to fifteen. Okay. And yeah, so I took classes for adults, then I took a class for a kid, and it really clicked. I felt like it was natural to me, so it went on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's been rolling. So that's how it's it has all organically happened. But the only constant has been that I have never shut myself to any opportunities, never shut myself to any avenues of learning. And uh, I think, yeah, that has taken me on this roller coaster. So, uh, and then you, and then you started as a content writer with Vedantu. Yes, yes. So I started as a content writer with Vedantu. I wrote animation scripts for uh, oh, wow. for them. Yeah. So it was like for kids between two to four years of age, and they were learning objectives given. So it was a total new thing for me, you know. But I. Loved it. I enjoyed it. I did that. Then I also uh, worked with a company. Uh, they, they had a merger going on with another Madrid-based uh, firm. And they wanted somebody to translate, do the translation of MOMs and things like that. And attend their account meetings. So I worked with them uh, for a short time, like the time that they had their merger on. And uh, I'm currently um, working on a book, a children's book. And, uh, you know, applying to various places and working at some as a content writer. So, yeah, doing that, <laughs> juggling all of that. But that's so, so, no, but that's so cool to even just hear, you know, like what, 
like from where to where like you've started and kind of gone through and now like what you're doing it's crazy and the fact that but what i love about you know like what you even how you spoke about your journey is that there's like optimism i feel like you're very open to sort of experimenting and trying new things and you know kind of making the most of what you can with you know whatever it is you're trying which i think is really cool and i th- i think that's a big lesson for everyone in life especially given how unpredictable today life is you know to just kind of keep yourself open to things and you know experiences and i think opportunities to learn like you said um but you know looking back how do you really feel about you know this sort of trajectory you've had considering where you started and where you are now yeah i think i i, I am pretty much satisfied and i'm very happy with how it has been because it has given me the right balance in life at the same time i'm somebody who likes a lot of things <laughs> so okay. uh, i'm sure that if i would have that's that's when i that's how, what i realized when i was doing zoology that i love the subject but i don't think that's the only thing that i want to do in life i want to explore a lot of new other subject areas like i remember when i was in grade 12th uh, and i still you know i have a thing for indian military and i love uh, being so i was giving entrance exams for uh, medicine in indian army so it's oh, been wow. so damn varied <laughs> so uh, so i'm really happy i'm really happy and uh, i want to keep trying um to like get to places in terms of my career in terms of my experience and uh, have more touch points in life basically um uh, for some for some people it might look a little scattered it might look not focused but i think uh, if you uh, it, it, it you know to each its own means i mean uh, for me being too focused and getting xyz Uh, gives me a lesser kick than doing like ten things of different types and not denying any opportunity to grow. Uh, I think that that matters to me. So I think yeah, to each to each uh, his own. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's I really like the way you put that across. And you know, like something that's honestly coming to my mind, and I'm curious about is like how has. I guess you know sort of family and friends played a role in this because obviously like it's not a very conventional career trajectory that you've had <laughs> so you know like how have they no because I'm really curious like you know were there times where they were like okay Shivangi we need to sit and talk like what's going on or were they like you know yeah go for it you know go do what you think feels right so yeah. I'm just curious and also you no and also I think just to add like you got married you have a kid so like it's it's a lot of life changes so i'm just wondering how that kind of fit in you know with your sort of decisions with professionally like what you wanted to do yeah yeah fortunately i've been like my family before marriage my parents my brother and now my husband's family they've been really supportive of my constant learning endeavor um thankfully i'm not around people who would just want an end result and not bother about the learning curve um having said that i also uh, you know was quite flexible and that has helped me in a way that uh, when i was working with uh, the retail firm and i i got promoted the day uh, i decided to get married <laughs> and move oh, wow. abroad leaving my job yeah and they gave me a letter saying you know we wanted to promote her, promote her to manager but she is moving abroad she's getting married and uh, yeah so uh, 
I didn't think twice before doing that because I realized that what mattered uh, in my personal life was the right person and the right time. Uh, and at that point, I didn't look back and, you know, fret about leaving my hard-on job and my profile and my promotion and things like that. Because I knew life would give me that opportunity later if I kept at it, if I kept being optimistic and if I kept learning, if I didn't give up, it would come around sometime. And that's how I look at things. So I gave it up in 15 days and I moved. Um, and when I was abroad, I didn't have the like, you know, uh, the legal opportunity to work. But I didn't, I decided not to look it down. And I decided to learn something new. And even then, you know, frankly, people were asking me, Ari, what will you do, do learning Spanish? Because I was in California and Spanish is second language there. Um, so there was no chance of me teaching Spanish there. I mean, uh, there are PhDs around and people talk Spanish locally. But I never looked at it as a opportunity to make a career. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did my best at it. Uh, I got featured in their magazine, uh, the UCSD Extension magazine as a bright student and things like that. And I did my best. And after coming back to India, it, you know, I it turned out, it paid me in a different way in terms of a all, whole new career. Uh, so I think if we always uh, have an end in mind, like means to an end, uh, it doesn't work out. Uh, we should also do things for the love of it, for the passion of it. And I think things work out at the end. Um, also with my kid, she loves me doing new courses. Like I, I recently finished a course in data analytics from uh, business data analytics from ISB. And uh, she was sitting with me and help me, helping me with the project and, you know, not being around, letting me focus. So I think these things matter a lot. Um, my husband, my in-laws, everybody has been really supportive. Uh, so I'm blessed that way. And uh, I've also kept my flexibility on. So both work. Yeah, but that's no, but that's really amazing to hear, you know, because it is like it's a huge thing, I think, to just also have that kind of support system, which is why it's, it's really cool to kind of, you know, see you sort of thrive and really kind of live your life uh, in the best way possible, right, for you. Like this works for me and you have the support, which is always such a big thing. Um, so more power to you Shivangi for doing such amazing things and it's honestly such an inspirational journey I don't think you realize like to go from here to here to here <laughs> like just listening to it I'm like wow how is she managing this because <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you say 10 days from now and suddenly you'll be doing something else and you'll still be like and you'll be doing really well at it as well <laughs> so yeah yeah I'm also learning uh, audio script writing as uh, right now so uh, basically I want I love writing and I want to explore all all aspects of it so I'm trying to learn new forms of writing and that's where the children's uh, book writing has also come in I did that course last year it doesn't need a course necessarily but I took up a course and I did that and at the end I realized I did have a book in my mind and I wanted to start working on it so, yeah, I think that course gave me a direction as to what should be my first book. Uh, so, yeah, that helped. The Jericho Children's Pro uh, Writing Program. Yes, the Jericho UK Children's Writing Program. So, they're, they're, it's run by a lady called Eleanor Hawking. Uh, she 
uh, runs the course uh, for children's writing and it's lovely so uh, i had an opportunity to you know talk to people who are working on different uh, categories within children's writing and i am working on a, a close to a picture book uh, so oh, wow. i was yeah so i'm working i was the only one who was working on kids with such a you know uh, at such a young age so uh, that was different and i had inputs from all those uh, co participants and it was lovely so um, yeah no but that's amazing but then you know what kind of drove you to kind of get into children's literature because that is something you are kind of working on now so how did you kind of decide that okay this is something i'd like to venture into and see so um uh, when i was in uh, california uh, uh, due to some you know friends uh, i had the opportunity to go to the children's hospitals there and uh, when we, when i went to those wards i um, saw kids as young as you know few months to two years three years pre read stage you know they're not able to read they're not able to talk uh, they're just able to like you know feel and touch their parents and you know cry and things like that uh, when i looked at them staying there for months together uh, i and i also realized that children's hospitals there are well equipped with you know rooms with toys and books and things like that but uh, this age group didn't have anything to comfort them apart from their mom hugging them or things like that um i'm not sure if picture books will appeal to them but i am right planning to write something for the parents who okay take care of such children so that the parent reads it to the child and the child also enjoys it uh, in terms of its illustrations and a few words here and there that the child can understand uh, but it's something i don't know exactly what it is going to be but it's going to be something to comfort this age group uh, in such a situation so uh, that is something that's you know clicked me when i was in those wards uh, with my friends taking rounds and things like that and i didn't know if i would ever write or a book like that or what it would be but when i joined this course uh, they asked us to channelize uh, you know uh, thoughts and think about what we really wanted to write and i realized that there are there are a lot of books in other categories for children i mean it's a big category big genres and you know many things around but such books are far and few uh, and uh, they are needed especially in our country um, where uh, you know there all hosp- all children's hospitals might not have such extensive wards they might not have uh, dedicated libraries for such wards uh, so i want to do i want to write in this field for now and then uh, probably at the beginning uh, not sell them just make them reach the right audience and then let's see so yeah that's our plan oh that's that's amazing like would you say that maybe even your do- is your daughter also a reader would you is she yes, also yes. would you say a part yes. of your journey in terms of getting into children's writing um not really uh, i mean she was not somebody who made me uh, get into children's writing i wouldn't say that but looking at her enthusiasm for it i realized that uh, if a kid you know uh, what would you say uh, hangs on to a book and you know loves a writer or loves a certain kind of a book uh, it really influences them uh, it really shapes yeah. their life and um, 
that happened to me too but with my daughter i'm seeing it like you know it's fresher in my mind now uh, so i really want to i it's a big thing to say i might not be able to do it but i really want to create an impact with what i write in general even if if it's fiction or short story or a book or an article it might be a small thing it might be a small impact it might be anything it might even not be an impact but i don't want to uh, i want to attempt to put quality out there and uh, things that really matter to the readers you know uh, they might be children or adults uh, i somehow don't want to put in uh, put out things that uh, don't really matter and they just read and discard it um having said that it's not like uh, i would you know i am a great writer or anything but i want to write stories that matter to people yeah so that that is something that i'm clear about you know that's amazing and you know hopefully we will manifest all of this into the universe right now as <laughs> yeah, i always yeah. say on this show you know i always tell my guests you know it's okay just put out whatever it is you want let's just manifest and see right because you never yes. know what might happen I so, so i hope so fingers crossed so yes. yes fingers crossed for sure um but yeah you know uh, kind of going back to you and you know learning spanish and sort of being an instructor what has learning a foreign language done for you in a sort of creative sense and do you see your, and i know you have written you know things in spanish but do you see yourself even writing stories in spanish later on um yes i do but i think that will take quite some time because um I I still have a lot of reading to do in Spanish. I've just read a few books and I think reading helps when you you know think of writing something so you have to read a lot before you can even attempt writing. So uh I'm getting there but that's not my aim as of now. I might do it someday. Um right now I want to absorb as much as possible in terms of their literature. Um I did get introduction to you know a few poets and you know uh, writers like Ma- uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez and Pablo Neruda and people like that um and we did, we studied them academically because it was a part of my course in literary cafe but I want to get beyond that and uh, understand from where they wrote you know where they came from when they wrote a certain piece uh, and I think when I get to that level of understanding is when I can even think of writing uh something in spanish uh, in terms of literature like a story or things like that um also learning a foreign language has uh, been lovely in the sense uh, it made me feel at home first of all uh, when when i was in when i was in california and people around would talk spanish uh, not that i felt alien but i i felt like i wanted to understand what they were saying so when i learned preliminary spanish i started feeling at home i felt um, as if i got the vibe of the place you know what i'm saying you get the vibe of the local the local uh, look uh, people and you know, the local culture uh, apart from the normal english uh, that we have and uh, it also helped me widen as any foreign language does uh, my thoughts in terms of um, we we perceive certain kind of uh, you know we perceive certain countries we perceive certain communities in a certain way but when we learn more about them is when we respect them more uh, is when we understand them more and then you start seeing how similar they are to how we are you know um mm. i started building all those threads when i was like you know weaving all those threads when i was uh, 
learning Spanish. Oh, they have big families like us. Oh, they, you know, they have uh, certain festivals, certain kind of food items. Um, yeah, so that it opened the world for me, I would say. Um, also, learning in a class where everybody else had uh, heard Spanish and my only exposure to Spanish was Ricky Martin and <laughs> Shakira <laughs> songs. Uh, yeah, uh, I I was a complete blank slate. But uh, the the way they taught us, the interactions, uh, and the way you know they took me from one level to level nine, uh, all that gave me immense respect for the university, for the way they teach, uh, the way my classmates absorbed uh, you know each other's culture, and you know there was one lady who would bring uh, all the food items that we would be taught. She would make all that at home and get it to the class. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, <laughs> she was from Alaska. And uh, so th- there was one uh, South African guy and he had also never heard Spanish. And, uh, you know, he would ask me about my culture. And I was a newly married girl at that time. And, uh, you know, I had come from an arranged marriage. So they were all really curious <laughs> about how that worked. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they wanted to see all my Indian wedding pictures. Um, apart from that, when I did the course uh, on films um, we all had to you know talk about a film and i gave a presentation on zindagi na milegi dobara oh wow <laughs> because, okay <laughs> so because i wanted you know them to uh, understand uh, you know spanish in our movies and things like that the influence of spanish in our movies um, though though goa has a lot of Sp- hispanic spanish influence uh, and in other pockets elsewhere but this was a mainstream movie and they were stunned, you know, uh, that it has been shot in Spain. And uh, yeah, your, you know, the actors look so good and uh, uh, they, ha- they had certain perceptions of how Indian actors would look and talk. So starting from there, a lot of barriers broken. <laughs> so it was lovely. Yeah. Zindagi Na Milegi Dubara is a great film also, just to, you know, yes. put that in perspective. It really yes. is. So, uh, yeah, I know. If, I don't know if uh, Zoe Akhtar would ever listen to this, but I wrote to her one way on Facebook that evening. Oh, wow. After, yeah, I messaged her and I told her, you know, I've done this and, you know, I've presented and people loved it and this is what they thought about your film and yeah it was one way but I did uh, you know write that because I I really I felt like sharing it with her you know it was such a lovely experience the way they reacted to it Uh, and I also made a lot of lifetime friends in that course Uh, a few of the teachers are now my lifetime friends few of my classmates are and like they were varied people like one lady was PhD in Greek and Latin and she used to teach Chicago and this she was learning this post retirement so she would tell us about Greek and Latin after classes and um, yeah yeah it was lovely <laughs> that's so cool that's really amazing and also manifesting to the universe that Zoya Akhtar sees this message mm-hmm. and also <laughs> lands up listening to this podcast this particular episode <laughs> oh my god but no, it's it's really amazing to kind of hear that. And, you know, because right now, even, you know, just 
regional language and other language you know stories are really also like kind of like picking up and doing so well so there's definitely a space in terms of you know say translated work as well so it would be really cool i like i won't be surprised if you know sometime from now shivangi i see you like translating work from spanish or translating work to spanish and seeing your name on the cover of a book saying translated by oh, shivangi wow. patankar <laughs> Let's manifest that too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're manifesting a lot of things because why not? But no, I I really can see that space, you know, for so many people, uh, and especially since Spanish has become like such a strong suit for you uh, as well. And there is clearly a very emotional connect you have with the language as well, which always I think adds right to anything. Um, but yeah, you know, speaking uh, of you know stories. what are some of you know your favorite stories just in terms of you know things that have really stayed with you or you know impacted you or inspired you these can be books films tv shows absolutely anything and do you have any favorite writers okay yeah so i love uh, i i would tell you in a chronology <laughs> growing up yeah sure uh, i first fell in love with uh, mark twain with all uh, tom sawyer okay. and huckleberry <laughs> all all of those classics um i also loved a book called heidi i don't know if i'm not sure yeah, if you must have i love yes uh, i love that Johan book yeah Heidi. yeah so yeah. that was something that that stayed with me uh, as a young girl um i loved um, rk narayanan's uh, work uh, in terms of malgudi days and uh, that uh, there are a few other books that stayed with me uh, as i told you as i was growing up i was reading books from my dad's closet and uh, dale carnegie's uh, how to win friends and influence people um, oh wow okay yeah and uh, ayn rand at last shrugged uh, is other two books that stayed with me uh, in terms of ayn rand has a, a very strong lady protagonist and um, Uh, that's when i felt like you know women have a place in world and you know those kind of thoughts uh, i was in i think grade 9 but that gave me a confidence that you know that the lady in the book runs a railroad uh, back in 1920s 30s and she takes all the decisions and lady of steel you might say and that gave me the first taste of ambition so that stayed with me um also uh, i i i would forage into anybody's uh, bookshelf i would go to so from my grandfather's bookshelf i picked up a book called uh, a search into secret india by paul oh. branton okay. yeah uh, and that was written way back in 1934 uh, oh, where wow. there was a different reality uh, and i read it as a child and i realized that uh, even at that times we would hear of particular stereotypes that india has abroad but this book doesn't talk about those stereotypes it has a absolutely different perspective it's very refreshing uh, it's very uh, sensitive to who we are as an you know country and um, yeah i loved that book i loved that book you must read it if you ever get a chance yeah definitely uh, yeah and uh, jonathan livingston seagull uh, by richard garnage and seven habits of <laughs> highly influential people and yeah so a lot of who moved my cheese was one favorite um, it was a management book and uh, yeah so in that phase of mine i read that i personally love reading biographies um right from queen elizabeth to hitler to benzir bhutto to um andrea gassi uh, 
who are um, yeah uh, losing my virginity by uh, richard branson about yeah. how he developed the virgin uh, yeah. so i read all of these and i think they have shaped me in a way in terms of uh, generating my interest in people um also what stayed with me was a, were a lot of stories that my mother told me as i grew up because my mother loved listening to interviews like the one we are doing <laughs> and uh, uh, loved reading books and she would make it a point to tell me all of that in between you know my studies and when i'm watching tv or anything of that sort and i kind of absorbed all of that growing up and uh, those stories have stayed with me um also she grew up in a different state i mean she grew up in madhya pradesh and her father would get transferred every two years my father grew up in gujarat and i grew up partially in gujarat then maharashtra then i was in malaysia for a few years and so growing up my mother told me stories of the 20 different schools that she moved like once every two years and the four universities that she went to and you know right from uh, uh, the areas which are called bastar where they wouldn't have any uniform and uh, there would be snakes hanging from the roof of the school classroom oh, wow. to you know after two years they would go to a place uh, that would be a major city and you know there'll be a cultural shock and how they would adjust to that so she had a lot of such stories and they were all real so i think i picked up a lot from that and they stayed with me more than anything um also if i talk about a few shows then shows would be you know there's this turkish show called uh, it's a historical fiction uh, called magnificent century so muhtazim uh, yuzel it's called it's available i think on youtube too so it's about this uh, ottoman empire right from the beginning to the end and uh, it's very refreshing in terms of giving you a historical background of how 14th and 15th centuries were for the rest of the world apart from you know what we know about india the moguls and all of that and uh, it has everything from details about slave trade to queens to how coffee was first introduced outside africa uh, apparently it was first consumed in turkey and uh, the queen loved it and so a few facts there but a lot of historical fiction and a grand show um also one book that i'm currently reading uh, it's called katha sarita sagara by somdev uh, it's like the father and mother it's like the parents of panchatantra but oh okay uh, it's not animals it's all uh, uh, you know love and uh, marriage and things between celestial beings you know the fairy tales and the folk tales of ancient india you would say so it was first written down i think in first century ce in some unknown language and then it was again reworked in 11th century ad and now it has been translated into english from sanskrit by many people but it has it has the origins of a lot of stories that we hear you know from our grannies and things like that and we'll be able to link oh this story is a part of that oh so this celestial being is this so it's not gods it's all demigods and you know all those kind of creatures and uh, it's one story that leads to other like the arabian nights you know one oh, after wow. the other okay. woven into one another so um, yeah that that is something uh, yeah i could go on <laughs> but yeah uh so yeah also a lot of 
books that uh, I got introduced to while in the US, they have huge literature, literature sections. And I loved the magazines that were there, you know, um, literary, quarter, uh, literary short stories and uh, like the Granta, the writer, Glimmer Train. Uh, and I would just sit there and read them and buy them and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah, that phase helped me a lot. with My Spanish going on on one side and knowing that there's such a lot of value and respect and such a lot going on in that field, you know, uh, literature and writing and new writing. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of no, things. but that's that's. No, but that's amazing. And I love that list of like recommendations. There are a lot of, I think, books from there, which I want to like, you know, check out. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, but, you know, something you mentioned, which I found uh, interesting is that, you know, you said that, you know, your mother sort of moved around a lot. And even, you know, just coming to like yourself that you mentioned that even you moved around a bit, you know, while growing up. And then, of course, like, you know, you moved to the US after marriage, and then you came back. So then I want to ask you, like, what is sort of, I guess, in a way, um, identity been like for you in terms of, I guess, belonging to a place? Because when you kind of tend to move around this much and you have obviously significant things happening uh, in your life, you know, whichever way, there is a sort of, I think, it almost becomes like a third culture kid situation also where you're like, okay, I resonate with this, but I also resonate with that. And it kind of forms a whole new dynamic for yourself, right, in terms of culture. So, you know, what has that been like for you? Uh, that I wouldn't say that has been really smooth. That has been traumatic at times. That has been great at times. Uh, more so in childhood because, you know, you have a, your set of friends, <laughs> you have your, you know, school and everything, and then suddenly it changes. Um, having said that, uh, because I was listening to my mom's stories when I was growing up, I always realized that, okay, I'm moving after five years. She would move like every two years. So mine oh, is wow. better. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, you know, growing, their generation, they didn't have, like, you know, telephones at that time. They, they just came in by the time she graduated. So a lot of her friends from childhood, she's she's missed out on, you know, meeting them ever again or writing to them unless she visits that town again. And uh, girls, most of them are married elsewhere. So I thought at least I am able to write to my friends. I'm able to talk to my friends. Um. Uh, I am still in touch with all my friends uh, right from the age of three and I make it a point to keep in touch um, because I feel uh, that's like, you know, uh, to me, that's life, Sangeeta, mm. very frankly. To me, life is not staying at a place for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Because then, uh, you know, there are some people who derive their identity normally from staying at one place okay this is my house this is my society this is the language i speak this is the kirana shop i go to uh, but somehow because of uh, my mother's conditioning i was always prepared in a way mm. um, and uh, though my dad's job was not transferable but he did have to take like you know few transfers uh, we also moved to malaysia before I got married and I was alone working in India. My parents were in Malaysia. My mother was moving between Malaysia and India. Uh, my brother was in a hostel somewhere. Um, but we were all dedicated in terms of, you know, letting dad do what he wanted to do, uh, understanding where all that came from. And it never felt like a sacrifice. It always felt like, uh, yeah, this is what is given and this is how it should be. This is how we are supposed to live now. Uh, I think I got that 
learning quite early in life. Uh, the first school I changed, I really missed my old friends and for long. And I had a cultural shock when I moved to Bombay from Gujarat, from Surat. Mm. And uh, I really felt like I was in a big city and people wouldn't smile at me and I had new, no new friends. And uh, that impacted me deeply. I felt lonely for quite a few years. But then I started realizing that I had learned it now. So if I ever am lonely, I know how to handle it. I looked at it that way. And uh, yeah, I tend to look at things like that. <laughs> no, but that's, that's really cool to hear. Um, and yeah, more, like I said, more power to you. And yeah, we're kind of coming to the end of this interview now. And we always end with these last two questions. So the first one is, you know, what are your aspirations? What are you looking forward to in the near or even, you know, distant future? This can be anything, creative, personal, professional, anything. Yeah, so I am looking forward to a full-time job in a, in something creative. Um, I am looking to devote myself to something creative, uh, but as a paid venture full-time. So I am working at, you know, uh, looking up things in that zone. Uh, I'm also personally looking at uh, finishing my book and... Uh, Somehow, you know, there's sometimes language of the world and I have happened to meet a few of my friends from past who are now at good places in the hospital management field and it it just feels like I'm supposed to write the book now. <laughs> That's all I'm supposed to do. So I want to really make most of that and uh, write that. Uh, I want to read more of Spanish. I don't want to lose touch and... I want to be fully, uh, I am fully, but I want to be fully involved in, uh, my daughter is six and I think this is the right age to imbibe uh, reading and writing and other skills. So I want to be fully dedicated to um, imbibing her with the right things at this age uh, so that she develops the love for it. What she does later is her own calling, but uh, I want to work towards that. So yeah, that is what I'm looking at. That's amazing. And finally, what is a piece of, you know, advice or learning you'd like to share with people? Um, again, this can be personal, professional, something you've just kind of experienced yourself in life and you wish that more people were aware of. Yeah, um, uh, it wouldn't be an advice per se, but it would be something that um, I've learned. Um, is just to be uh, open to the flow of life. Um, not to restrict yourself because often it's all in our mind. We restrict ourselves in our mind in terms of, oh, I wouldn't be able to do this. Oh, this is something that I've never done. Will I be able to do it? Don't question yourself. If you think you like it, just put yourself in it and it might lead to something. It might even not lead to something. But you'd never know where that knowledge comes handy and even if it doesn't come handy, uh, you've learned something more in this world. And that's never a problem. <laughs> so I think um, I often come across uh, people, you know, around me in terms of friends and people I know. Uh, they look at uh, getting something tangible out of everything that they do. We often in creative field, we don't get to do that. 
uh, we wouldn't have a, a big payout or we wouldn't have a big book published at the end of every writing endeavor we do but we do it for the love of it i think that should be applied to other areas of life too and i think life becomes simpler <laughs> simpler is what i would say yeah so yeah no that's amazing and i i really do agree also with that uh, you know with what you just shared because i think even i relate in terms of my own sort of personal journey i feel like i've been through quite a few things where i completely agree i think just be open to flowing with life and be open to learning right and growing and sort of absorbing life for what it is um so yeah on that lovely note we have now come to the end of this interview thank you so much for being here shivangi it was lovely talking to you i hope you had fun yeah i loved it sangeeta i you know i it's been a long time since i have uh, had such uh, deep thoughts about <laughs> what i do and uh, how i do and it was lovely chatting with you so thank you so much for the opportunity thank you thank you so that was my conversation with shivangi patankar that was such a lovely chat and i really gained some new perspectives on life and creativity ending the episode with a few pieces written and narrated by shivangi i hope you enjoyed the show and i'll see you next week with a new guest and a new chronicle to share talk soon so today i am going to read from three of my unpublished pieces Uh, the first one is a poem that i wrote when i was coming out of a long drawn writers block and one of my dear friends had suggested that we write with each other uh, give each other prompts and you know help each other uh, out of our writers blocks so uh, yeah once i came out of it i felt liberated and i felt really happy uh, to be back so that's when i wrote this down let me smile today and free myself give myself the liberty to be joyful uncloak myself from the shadows of the past and light within me the fire for tomorrow let me cry today and shirk away the pity that comes from self neglect from apathy to feeling love towards the being inside let me smirk and laugh today at the floating palaces of my uncharted dreams so that they mean something when i try to build their foundations tomorrow let me try today and dig my past for once not to be unfulfilled but to pick up the shreds of unwoven blankets waiting and waiting for long to not cry over them but to get over them to not wish them away but put them in perspective so that they teach me how i look at them when i look at them in my future the second one is a piece i wrote uh when my daughter was just born it was uh, a few days uh, and uh, yeah i wrote this out of my love for her sown by destiny secured by love bound by purity our world is one you came into my life long before you arrived like blessings and fairies shower and shine 
The third piece is something that I call a love letter to my daughter. If I ever have to see, I shall see through your eyes. If I ever have to be, I will sit still by your side. If I ever have to love, I shall borrow your ease. If I ever have to love, I shall beg you to teach me, please. Yeah, so these were the three pieces that I wanted to read out.